Welcome to the Revive Podcast. Thank you for joining us. It's wonderful having you listening to our discussion as we unpack last Sunday's sermon and discuss how it impacts our daily lives. My name is Sean Thomas. I'm an associate campus pastor here at Neighborhood Church, and we believe that the Word of God is relevant and helpful for all time, even today. Sometimes our souls can be weary, but the Word says that it will revive us. Just like Psalm 138.7 says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. And so each week we meet here and we create content and curate resources to help people thrive in Christ. And that is all available at neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive. Well, today is actually a special podcast because I'm joined by two different people that have not been on our podcast before. I'm going to introduce Doug. Doug, thanks for being here. Thank you for inviting me, Sean. Yeah. And Doug, tell us just briefly, what is your background here with Neighborhood Church? Uh, I am one of the elders here at Neighborhood Church. I've been attending for about three years, and uh, just happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Doug is a phenomenal musician as well. He's lightning on the keys and plays a mean guitar (laughs) and a mean bass, from what I hear. (laughs) And then also we have Christine joining us today. Christine, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here with you. Yeah, and tell us a little bit, what is your background with Neighborhood Church? We are, my husband and I have been part of Neighborhood Church, oh gosh, for almost, coming up to 20 years, I guess. Wow. And um, our current role is helping over at the Los Alamitos branch, that we were part of the team that helped found it, and I served there as the children's director. Yeah, and uh, the Los Alamitos branch is where I lead worship, too, with uh, Pastor Justin, who's a regular speaker with us. And uh, for those of you listening uh, uh, on our podcast right now, if you remember, or maybe you still see them, the flannel graph presentations, Christine is a master. <laughs> it's it's amazing. And I was telling you, Christine, I think a couple weeks ago when I was a little kid, um, I think it was in Sunday school, we had like a dinosaur-themed flannel graph, and I was just fascinated and amazed. And so now that I've been serving at Los Alamitos, it's just a blessing every Sunday <laughs> to see the flannel graph. And it just makes it so much more tangible, right? I- I'm glad you <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a kid at heart. I don't know about you guys listening at home, but it's really cool. Um, and yeah, it's just great. Thank you guys both for being here today. It's really a privilege to have a little bit different of a perspective um, on our uh, on our podcast, but also Doug, he gave the sermon at Cypress Campus. If those of you listening were there last Sunday on November 28th, he gave the sermon there. And Christine, like she said, she does the children's message. She did that um, at, at last Sunday at the Los Alamitos campus. So we're going to actually unpack what the sermon was on. And for those of you listening, if you're driving around, I encourage you um, pull over <laughs> before you look up the passage. But last Sunday, we looked at uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 56. That was uh, the annunciation to Mary that she was going to bear the Savior, right? Have a child, even though she was a virgin. So I encourage you guys, take a moment now, stop, pull over, or if you're in, on your computer or something like that, look up Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 56. So do that now. Okay, we're back. <laughs> if you guys pause it, great. Um, so as as you all at home read that passage, if you're anything like me, I have questions, right? I, I've uh, been a Christian for many years, and I, you always hear these stories about Mary, right? These are things that we almost don't even question anymore. Um, and I'm curious, you guys, because I've always heard that oh, Mary was a teenager. Like in some movies or, or paintings, she might be depicted as 
old, like 20s or 30s, but then you hear stories like, oh, she might have been a teenager. What do you guys think? Was Mary just a teenager? Was she a nobody? What do you think? Um, well, she was a teenager, according to uh, all of the commentaries. She may have been as young as 12, which wow. was fairly common. Uh, there was a reason for that. They wanted to, uh, wanted to get... Uh, a woman who was definitely a virgin, mm -hmm. and yeah. that uh, that they would uh, be able to have for many years because yeah. having children was very important. Yeah. Uh, in fact, if uh, if a woman wasn't able to have children, it was looked on almost as a as a mortal sin. Mm. And uh, Mary was. Uh, uh, I I always kind of viewed her as just kind of an insignificant mm. nobody that was hanging around Nazareth, betrothed to Joseph. And I found out she was a very godly woman. Mm. Uh, as evidence, when we get into her song, the, yeah. uh, that she was uh, very knowledgeable uh, about Scripture and uh, very, very much a godly woman. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing like to think about... You know, there's always, we, you know, always wonder like, oh, you know, am I the one or what's my path that God has for me? You know, and, and especially with our pop culture today, there's all these, you know, questions of importance and relevance and things like that. But it is fascinating that at that time, you know, the ancient Near East 2000 years ago was very different from us today and also a very communal uh, uh, oriented people group. So people probably didn't necessarily want to stand out, especially a young female, right? And she's kind of thinking that, you know, who am I in the big grand scheme of things? But that's so cool, Doug, to hear like that she was probably well-read in the scriptures. She, I mean, from the account, and we'll go into that maybe in, in a little bit about what Mary said, man, she had amazing faith, like faith that I wish I could have. Yeah, she was very righteous she was very obedient to yeah. the the laws and the scriptures and uh so she was she had some chops <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah totally well and that kind of makes me think like someone who's well read in scriptures who's obedient who's patient uh, another thing that you hear and you read in scripture is that it had been a long time since god actually spoke to people like he did in the old testament and i think christine you had done some study recently and and kind of that that realm of like the the intertestimonial time or the silent i forget what the word is the silent year Ooh, that sounds exciting <laughs> <laughs> which is really just the term that we've given um, for that period between the end of malachi when the last prophet spoke and the arrival of jesus on the scene in matthew or the other gospels that you might look at here in luke too um if you take a step back into the book of Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar had a dream of that giant statue and there was the gold head with Nebuchadnezzar and then as you progress down the body, the statue got down to clay and mm. that was God's picture to Nebuchadnezzar about what was going to be coming, um, which as we see history play out, um, while the Bible may have been silent, the world was still going on. Mm -hmm. And Persia came in and ruled the world for a while. And then Alexander the Great and the Greeks took over mm -hmm. the world for a while. Um, and then we come to Rome, and Rome takes over the world. Hmm. And that's who was ruling the world when these Gospels were beginning to happen. Yeah. And uh, 
I had shared with you in a conversation earlier some books that I just recently read, which are very much from a female perspective, but The Silent Years by Angela Hunt. She does a masterful job of tying together biblical culture, the Bible, with what was going on in mm, the world. Yeah. And it's a, a beautiful picture of what was happening and really sets up um, Herod mm. and how self-centered Herod was and how afraid he was. You know, he went to the extremes of killing his own family members, his own children, yeah. so he would not be have any threats to his position um, as the ruler at that time. And so we can understand then why he was threatened by the announcement that there's a new yeah. king mm-hmm. that's been born. So I'm getting a little ahead of that story. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 we're fast forwarding. But I think that's that is really fascinating because we read, you know, like, Oh, you know, Herod goes on to like kill all the, you know, all the the babies, you know, two years and, and younger. And, and again, we are fast forwarding, but that does provide that he was a vindictive, evil person, you know, that would kill his own family. So of course, you know, and some scholars would speculate, oh, that's a little harsh, you know, that probably didn't happen, you know, these gospel records of of slaughter of, of babies. But it's like, no, history records that he was ruthless, you know, he to was. his own family. So. How much more insignificant for him would it be to just kill a bunch of random plebeians? You know, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I also think it's cool. Um, and for again, for those of you listening uh, to the podcast, thanks for joining us. Um, in the show notes uh, uh, on the YouTube page, we are going to link to that series, the Silent Years that um, that Christine mentioned, because it sounds like a fascinating read. It is. You know, and I would add too. Um, our kids went through a story last year about these very 400 years. And you might want to include the link on our neighborhood YouTube page, Kids Stories. Oh, yeah. If yes. you wanted to see an 8 to 10 minute recap of that time in history. Yes, excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing notes <laughs> for everybody listening. And that's you know, on our YouTube page. We have different uh, um, different playlists. And that's super fun to look through uh, Miss Christine's um catalog basically of all of everything that she goes through whether old testament intertestimonial um and and as you were talking about and doug even if you want to um pop in some insights on this i i feel like thinking of how you just described herod how how we're thinking about okay now the romans there's all these you know alexander the great you know who that would that was you know a, a while before this period but he was really influencing that culture that greek culture was a huge influence even though it was hundreds of years prior to mary's time that uh really influenced everything that was going on then the romans came in we have figures like herod these huge historical figures and yet that is contrasted with not only a lowly Hebrew person, a female, right? a 12-year-old possibly, you know, a teen, a young woman, you know, who in that culture in that time didn't have a lot of cachet or clout. And it just seems very um, like God, right, to use things that are maybe not on the outside that we would judge as important or special, but that he would use. Yeah, um, it, it's interesting because... Uh, Nazareth was uh, a very Jewish, small, obscure, uh, insignificant town, town yeah, yeah. you know, of 150 to 300 people. Wow. And, uh, and I imagine Mary just kind of going through her, her daily routine of whatever it was she was doing when, uh, you know, she is visited by an angel. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's interesting that here's this this teenage girl living in this small 
seemingly insignificant town, mm-hmm. and the gave and the angel Gabriel comes in and yeah. says, you know, uh, hail you all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, Most you know, favored and, among and women. <laughs> like what? Right. And and the whole thing to me, it, it kind of thought. It just shows that no one is insignificant to God. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if if he if Mary was of significance to God, then yeah. so were we. Yeah. No, that's yeah. That's really beautiful, and I just that's so encouraging to us, even those listening. Like, wherever you're at in life, whatever you know, if you're like, I never go to church, or, or like somebody sent this podcast to me, I don't know why I'm listening. I think that could be a word for you. You know, that God sees you, God knows you intimately, and He knows your value, your worth, your potential, um, and just yeah, especially in this season. You know, as we look ahead to Christmas, you know, about redemption, about the unexpected. You know. I just encourage you, uh, listening, be open to the unexpected, especially in this season. Um, well, it's speaking of Mary, and I just kind of want to continue along this path um, and, and just kind of her uh, well-readedness. I don't know if that's a verb. <laughs> it just sounds like Mary's like she knows her, her, her you know, Bible, it sounds like. Um, Doug, you were saying that there's a really interesting connection between an Old Testament story and actually Mary's song. That's I think it's like verses 47 uh, yeah, through 56. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, uh, it... The Mary's song, or the the magnaf- Magnificat, that uh, as it's usually referred to, uh, parallels um, a story in First Samuel, uh, chapter two, verses one through ten. Is is Hannah's song? Mm. Um, Hannah was uh, a barren uh, woman, uh, and uh, she was uh, she was ostracized almost because she had no children and and the uh, her husband Elkanah had another wife and mm. who had children so uh, she was uh, uh, really ostracized because of that but she prayed um, on a regular basis I, I get the impression that it was a daily thing she was praying and praying for for children mm. and uh, she was blessed then with um, a son who turns out to be Samuel, the prophet mm. Samuel. And uh, she has uh, a song that uh, she uh, is... They Actually, they think these were actual songs that were sung. Mm. And uh, there are several passages in her song that parallel Mary's wow. song, the, uh, the song of Mary. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting, which shows that Mary... Uh, had knowledge of the of scripture, yeah. You know, and she she quoted not only uh, verses from Hannah's song, but there are uh, references to the Psalms mm-hmm. in in yeah. Mary's song. You know, that uh, shows again that she was uh, she was not only righteous and obedient, but uh, she knew scripture. And I feel like for a lot of the you mentioned Psalms that. Mary's song kind of harkens to. I've heard that Psalms is one of the most quoted books that Jesus goes to, right? You know, and it's and it's just neat how these, you know these are people and folks who are quite well read and know their history. And you know, it's interesting as you're talking, Doug. It's it's making me think about the importance of lineage and heritage to this people group in this time. And if you guys listening on our podcast uh, with our audience, if you're anything like me, you know, I'm a 20th, 21st century American. Like, 
I'm very Western. I, I think of individual rights, you know, individual freedom. That's great. <laughs> That's a wonderful thing. But it's hard for me to put my mindset into someone who, you know, in, in another culture who's very much about uh, uh, history, lineage, familial lineage, too. And I think, uh, Christine, you were talking about some interesting things regarding... Um, the heritage, the line, right? Because in the Gospel of Matthew, in the Gospel of Luke, uh, we see, and, and some people are like, oh, that's the boring part of the Bible, but it's like name after name after name. And it's like, that's who they're, they're talking about, their grandparents. And someone like me, I don't even know the name of my great-grandfather. I mean, I hate to say, you know, like, I know my grandfather's name, but after that it gets all blurry. But this is a culture and a people who really valued family line. And, and it, why is that important, or, or what might that tell us about Mary or Joseph or the story? Well, the family line was very important because that gave you legitimacy in the culture. Mm. For land rights, mm. for how you were treated, your social status, everything came out of who you were related to, um, both for good and for bad. Yeah, you yeah, know, that's it, stigmas. It and yeah. Um, but yes, there are two lines of genealogy and we are so prone to just read through them because those names maybe aren't important to us <laughs> yeah. or maybe you can't pronounce them and say, <laughs> yeah, say them sure. correctly and you just kind of brush over but you sit and you go through Matthew and it's like oh we know these people this mm. is Abraham we've studied him this is David this is Ruth and no. you can look for people that you know um, the two lines are a little bit different uh, Matthew's line starts with Abraham and takes it all the way to Joseph, who was the husband of Mary. Yeah. So most likely it was his side. And Joseph was descended through David's son Solomon, who was also a king. So there's your royal lineage yeah. for Jesus. Um, Mary, if we assume that Luke's passage records her, um, Joseph is the son-in-law. And the line hmm. continues. And he, Luke takes the genealogy all the way to Adam. Yeah. And that gives Jesus just such a special place that he is part of humanity in this birth. Mm, um, mm. That anyone can be part of God's family. And if you're reading and looking really closely at it, you'll see that Mary's line descended through a different son of David. Yeah. Um, but they still can trace that ancestry back to David. Yeah. And uh, God had promised that David would have a descendant on the throne forever. And we look forward to the time yeah. when Jesus will truly be on the throne forever. Yeah. Right now, he can certainly be on the throne of each of our hearts. Mm. And that's so so cool that there's this very... <laughs> I feel like God is very directional, right? That, that in Scripture, there's so many you know archetypes and, 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 and lineages and, and importance. And, and God is... He's doing this double fulfilling of like, not only through Joseph, but through Mary. Like it's... He's doubling down on this is, you know, my plan is coming to fruition. You know, what I prophesy or what, you know, what God foretells, this is literally happening. No doubt about it. Um, gosh, this is really great content. And, and for those of you guys listening, I hope you're taking notes. But again, we're going to have some uh, notes uh, uh, on the show notes for you guys to follow along. But we want to kind of get towards um, uh, wrapping it up here because we don't want to keep uh, keep us too long. You know, I know you guys are working jobs, you know, at home. But um, just kind of thinking it, we, we talked a lot about kind of biblical um, history and, and things happening in that story at the time. What about as we think about today, um, you know, if I read Mary's story, you know, as, as you know, like kind of a, an, an older man in 21st century America or, you know, or anybody, you know, thinking about, 
you know, and, and we kind of touched on some things earlier about, you know, just Mary in, in the world's eyes being maybe a lowly teenage young girl, but God is, is um, coming to her directly, knows her intimately, knows what's going on in her life. What sort of encouragement can we glean from Mary's story that you guys see? I see um, Mary, yes, she was very faithful. She knew the scripture. She knew the Bible. Um, she was probably going to the synagogue every week and, yeah. and being around other people. And in the words of our kids' story, she was a devoted fan of God. Um, <laughs> nice, yeah. She was reading her Bible, following along as best she could. Um, and for her to be able to say to the angel Gabriel, may it be as you have said, mm. I will do what God's asking of me. What, while it was a difficult decision, she was ready to make that jump and to follow him. I think for those who are listening who maybe aren't a devoted fan of God yet, or maybe you're not so devoted, um, it would be to stop and just mm. kind of evaluate yourself. Maybe you have not yet asked God to forgive you of your sin mm. um, and to help you live a life that is devoted to him instead. Yeah. I, I like to, to look at Mary's situation that uh, she was, when she found out she was going to be pregnant mm. without being married, uh, she was going to face uh, uh, condemnation, yeah. uh, ridicule from fr uh, family, friends, yeah. uh, her betrothed, Joseph. In fact, uh, Jewish civil law could have accused her of adultery, which meant death. Wow. And, uh, you know, for her to respond like she did, you know, uh, she said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Mm. And, uh, you know, for her to respond that way uh, is uh, showing absolute faith and, and absolute trust in God. Mm. Yeah. I'm curious for you guys, Doug and Christine, like, <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, share as much as you like, but yeah, I just, faith and trust. I mean, I really see that in this scripture. And I'm curious for you guys, like, do you feel like there have been times in your lives where it took an incredible amount of trust or faith in the Lord? Um, you know, and, and, and we don't have, you know, you don't have to get into huge stories, but, but do you feel like there was moments where you had to kind of <laughs> gulp, <laughs> you know, and, and say, okay, God, I'm going to trust. And yeah, I don't know if, if and, and take a moment, <laughs> you know, I mean, or, or yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that what comes to my mind was a number of years ago, I was battling severe migraines. Hmm. Um, I was a classroom teacher. Three weeks into school, I'd already been absent once, and my principal pulled me in the office, and he said, I'm putting you on medical leave. Wow. And uh, it was not a paid medical leave, and we had just remodeled our home, and yeah, big question. Okay, Lord, how are you going to make the house payment? Yeah. How are you going to carry this family through? And... Um, over the course of that next year, I actually had to resign my position. Wow. And uh, yet, we are still living in that house. Whoa. We have never missed a house payment. God has been so incredibly faithful That's amazing. to us because we put our trust in Him that yeah. we're going to do what you called us to do, and it looks like this is what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dude, that is so cool. Yeah. I, uh, I lost uh, my wife to cancer. Hmm. And... Uh, I, first of all, I don't know how people that go through something like that get through it without the Lord. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had to just say, 
Lord, I don't know why this happened. I don't yeah. know why you didn't heal her, but I trust you and your your decision in mm. this. And mm. uh, uh, you know, he sent people alongside me. Uh, yeah. I was at a church that the people were just you know they were there and and uh, if I hadn't have had the Lord in my life, I don't know what I'd have done. So yeah. you know, it's like. Okay, let's get through this together. <laughs> yeah, that's, man, those are both, I mean, very powerful and beautiful stories about, like, when, when we can't, you know, when when we can't make sense of things. And, and, I, and, and this is something that Pastor Justin, for those of you who are at the Los Al campus for the, his sermon, um, he touched upon it, too, that Mary asks, you know, when, when Gabriel comes to her and says, you know, you're going to have a child— um, you know, th these people knew about biology, right? You know, and so Mary, and, and this is something that Mary asked, how can this be? You know, I'm, I'm not married. I, I've not, you know, known a man like this. It, it, it wasn't Mary questioning or being like, you know, you know, does God, is God powerful enough to make a square circle? <laughs> you know, or like, could he make a rock too big? That can, you know, that wasn't what Mary was asking. She was literally asking, how can the sky be red when it should be blue? You know, how can, yeah, I mean, she was asking something like that, you know, and I think that harkens to what you guys are talking about, like even Doug, for what you're saying, I, I don't know how some people can get through difficult life situations like that without leaning on God, and God invites us to ask those questions, and God invites, invites us to to be perplexed when our human sentiment can't wrap our brain around something that God is calling us to. But again, I encourage you, uh, listening in our audience, if there's something you're wrestling with, if it's if it's job, it's if it's finances, if it's family, if it's life and death, that's something that we can always take to God. Even if we don't understand it, even if we ask, why are you doing this? What is the point behind it? He's always there and available for us. So just encouragement to everybody listening. Um, well, we're getting up against it uh, for our time here. I want to thank Doug and Christine. Thank you guys. Any last words that you guys have before we sign off? Read the story again. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I'd just like to say that uh, how often when uh, God asks us to share our faith with our neighbor or... Hmm. Or when he asks us to give us a give of our time and talents and, and finances, yeah. do we say, like Mary did, "I am the servant of the Lord," mm. and uh, trust Him to fulfill His promises? You know, yeah. we can because we can trust God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, thank you everybody for joining us, and and again, thank you, Doug and Christine. It's just it's wonderful to have you preach here. Wonderful every week with the kids' stories. It's just so good and. Uh, for those of you listening, um, like we were talking about, we have show notes for you guys. If you want to look up um, this past Sunday's uh, sermon on YouTube, you can do that. Also, the Kid Story, we have a channel for that on the Los Al page. But we appreciate and thank you for listening to the Revive podcast today. 
Please share this episode with a friend or you can subscribe through our channel and you can stay up to date on all our latest conversations. Like we said, you can find us on YouTube or on iTunes or anywhere else that you listen to your podcasts. And to learn more about the content that we discussed today, you can check out neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive. And you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, you know, all those social media places. What you want to do is you're going to look up Neighborhood Church of Cyprus or Neighborhood Church of Los Alamitos, and that's where you can find us on social media. We also would love to hear from you. Please, if anything that we talked about today, if if it was great and really cool, please let us know. If it didn't make sense and you were lost, please let us know. <laughs> if you're anything like me, you know, I'm always like, what? <laughs> so what you can do, you can email us at connect at neighborhoodchurch.com. So connect, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, at neighborhoodchurch.com. We hope to see you guys, or hear you guys, or we hope to interact with you guys again in the future. And until next episode, we pray that God revives your soul.